Well, before I get started, I um, just want to take a pastoral privilege for a moment because my wife was very self-conscious of this, that she's not here today. Uh, she started a new full-time job, and as the new person with a full-time job, she, of course, is uh, having to do a couple weekend shifts. So she's actually working just down the road, and she's going to try and get online and, and watch us. Um, but she just wanted, you know, like she's not skipping church. She's got to kind of do her duty. But she was getting ready to leave for work early this morning. And, you know, she was doing the usual thing in the mirror and kind of getting herself ready. And, uh, like, she's, like, just really, like... You know, doesn't have much eyebrows, and it's always really bugged her. So she was kind of like drawing her eyebrows on, and I and I said, Robin, I think you drew your eyebrows on too high, and and she looked really surprised. So, yeah, thank, thank, thank you, thank you so much, thank you, thank you, thank you. We were getting ready this week uh, for art camp, and we were pulling out some of the games and the supplies and stuff. And I really love doing limbo with the kids, and I was looking around, and somebody stole our limbo stick. How low can you go? I mean, okay, that one, that one, that one, not so much. That one's a little, a little bit lower. Uh, what do you call a cow with two legs? Lean beef. What do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. Yeah. What do you call a cow that just had a baby? Decaffeinated. Somebody knew that one. Uh, you know, you, you know all the disciples. You know what kind of car they drove? They drove a Honda. They were all in one accord. All uh, right. But did you know what kind, of car Je- uh, what kind of car Jesus drove? A Chrysler. A Chrysler. There seemed to be getting worse. I seem to be losing momentum here. We're talking about the joy of the Lord. I'm trying to create some joy, some happiness, some, some goodwill happening here. Uh, sometimes we associate the Lord maybe a little too much with uh, being... Um, Reverend, right? Being, you know, having a, and and of course we should, there's a place for that. But as I'm going to hopefully unpack for you, maybe the dominant feeling, the dominant expression, like, like what we should be experiencing, exuding, portraying, perhaps more than anything else is the joy of the Lord. Amen, friends? We're going to just, we're going to hear a lot about the joy of the Lord. This past week was an interesting week for a lot of us as we celebrated our Independence Day. And our Independence Day, that declaration reminds us of some, um, some truths, right? That we have all been endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, right? We are endowed with this right for life. Who celebrated life on the 4th? If you were alive, I hope you celebrated life. I hope you gave God thanks for your life. Did you celebrate life? That's a right. We should, we should have life. We should have liberty. We were free to worship God, to express this thanks, to do whatever we want. And we have the right to happiness, right? No, no. Is I just always, I, I do wonder how it all went down. Like, was it July 3rd? And they're like, this is due tomorrow, guys. Like, like we got like, like, to turn this paper in. And they're like, life, liberty, and happiness. And maybe, I don't know, maybe it was Ben or maybe, maybe it was, you know, John or somebody. They're like, let's tap the brakes on that. We... Do we really have the right to happiness? How about the right to pursue, to pursue happiness? And I think they're on to something. This recognition that for really a lot of us, a lot of our lives is a pursuit of happiness. And, and I don't think personally that's anything to be ashamed of. That's anything to be embarrassed by, to think that's something that, you know, is, uh, there's more noble things to do. Uh, we, we, is it wrong to want to be happy? 
No, no, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. But what we know is happiness can be, of course, very situational. Happiness can be very circumstantial. So what we, of course, are getting into in our Fruits of the Spirit series is not just sort of laughter, not just sort of a pursuit of happiness, but the gift of a joy, the gift of a joy that can come out from outside of us to us, a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that we are given. It's something that we receive. It's something that comes to us, right? But not only that, it comes to us, we receive it, we embrace it, but we do have the capacity and the invitation then to nurture it, to cultivate it, to do something with it. We can do like any gift that comes to us. We can take the gift, we can say, thank you very much, put it in the closet and shut the door and say, well, what enough of that. Or we can keep it out in the forefront, in front of us, pursuing it, embracing it, growing it. And that's what we are invited to do with all these fruits. Um, say them with me if you can, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. And some uh, will say forbearance, others say patience, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. By the way, that graphic, I have stickers of that graphic. If you can say the fruits of the Spirit uh, from memory without cheating, I will give you one a sticker. I'll, I'll give you that sticker. Robin made a whole bunch of them this week. So, but uh, you, you have to pass the test to get the sticker. Sorry, just uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be mean. So no. So we should just be reciting these for the rest of the summer. Today, of course, we're going to be looking now at joy. What is this joy? That's again not just laughter, happiness, something from the world, but a joy that comes to us from God. Uh, joy appears in the Bible over. 250 times. It is not a tangential topic or subject of the Christian faith. More than 250 times we're told about joy. More than 150 times we are invited, in fact, in many cases, commanded, commanded to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. In fact, I will say it again, says Paul to the church in Philippi, rejoice. We are being commanded to be a joyful and rejoicing people. So I could literally get up here and say hundreds of things about joy and rejoicing in the Lord. But instead of wearing you all out and stealing your joy, let me say three things about the joy of the Lord. And to perhaps make this uh, hopefully more understandable and applicable for all of us, three sources of joy for the believer, for the Christ follower, the look back, the look at the here and now, and the look to the future. We have a joy that comes to us in looking back in at our salvation that has come to us through Jesus Christ. We have a joy that comes to us in the present by the abiding that we are invited to, to abide in, to be with in the present a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we have a future joy promise that is coming to us in the return of Jesus Christ. Amen, friends? Amen. So let's just take a look back, a look at the present, and a look at those, what is coming to us in uh, the future. The Christian's source of joy, the foundation of our joy, really must be that, looking at the cross. What a beautiful song to set up at the cross, at the cross. We gaze upon the cross, and when we do, as believers in Jesus Christ, we recognize that there the price was paid for our sins, 
There we receive by the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of our sins and the opportunity to receive then by the power of the Holy Spirit, this gift of salvation. The believer in Jesus Christ needs to be constantly looking back at the source of our joy that comes to us through the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Amen, friends? Are you joyful for your salvation in Jesus Christ? If you do not have joy in your salvation in Jesus Christ, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, dare I say, may I be so bold as to say, allow your journey of joy to begin by receiving this gift that has been offered to you to know Jesus Christ as your Savior and to follow him as your Lord. I would love to pray with you about that, talk to you about that, baptize you in that faith, because that is the source of the joy for all of us believers. And we can never stray far from that. We can never stray away from that. We have to keep going back to that source of our salvation being the source of our joy. We have been saved. We have been redeemed. We have been bought with a price, and the price was the blood of Jesus Christ. I mean, the world looks at it, and they're like, you're kind of crazy. Why are you always singing about the cross? Why are you always talking about this blood? Why, why do you ruin this otherwise perfectly good meal and then saying, and this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood? And the Christian just responds and say, because I just, I can't get past it. I can't get over it. I am truly in awe of it ever and always because therein lies my salvation because I was lost now I am found. I was dead, but now I am alive again. We went over those parables the other week about lost things, and the beauty of those lost things is how there was joy, there is rejoicing, there is celebration at the end of every one of those stories. A shepherd finds his lost sheep and brings it back, and the Bible tells us that there is more rejoicing amongst the angels in heaven over the one that was lost but is found. They're rejoicing in the salvation of the Lord. Uh, the, the, the woman who finds the coin, she calls her friend. She's like, let's have a party. I found something I lost. I mean, her neighbors must have thought she was crazy if this is you know, not a parable. <laughs> you just want to have a party because you found something in your house. Yes, because it was lost, but now it's found. And then of course, the, the lost sons. I mean, they, they had to Kill the fattened calf. They had to throw a party. They had to celebrate because, as he says so bluntly, my son who was dead is alive again. We rejoice in our salvation. Um, you know, to know somebody who has had a, a life and death experience so often on the other side of it they kind of embody and they exude a, a different kind of joy. I, I remember in my youth and, and, and my young adulthood coming up and, and volunteering and helping with the youth group, one of the other youth leaders, a guy named uh, Larry, uh, he was truly on death's door. He had stage four cancer. They caught it, they treated it, he recovered. And I gotta tell you, there was just a kind of joy in this guy. You know, this could not be conquered. It could not be defeated. You just couldn't get away from it because he kind of like lived with this ever-present reality that he who was as good as dead by, by the ways of the world, by this diagnosis, got like this second lease on life. And, and I say this with some sensitivity because that is not always the story of how God works in lives. But he took it and he ran with it and he lived a life of joy 
I mean, joy and service and gratitude to God for saving his life. And again, the scriptures just keep pointing us to this. I'm gonna read kind of just in kind of rapid fire. This won't be on the screen. Let me just give you some rapid fire um, scriptures. Uh, Psalm 9:14, that I may tell of your praises that in the gates of the daughter of Zion, I may rejoice in your salvation. Psalm 13, five, but I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Psalm 35, and my soul shall, you know by now, rejoice in your salvation. I, I shall exalt in his salvation. I mean, I mean, just you, you can't get through too many of the Psalms before you find the psalmist rejoicing in their salvation. First uh, Peter 1, 8, I, let, let me read this one. This one's a little, little tougher to follow here. Though you have not seen him, Peter speaking of God, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. I, I mean, you just cannot get away with the joy that we are to have that, we is, that is given to us in our salvation. Um, one last anecdote, and then on to the next point. Uh, in Luke 7, fascinating, fascinating story. Uh, Jesus is invited to go to this house of a Pharisee, and his name is Simon. And he goes in, and when he does, there's this woman, uh, and the woman is just weeping, anointing Jesus' feet with uh, um, oil, and, uh, says we, and, and, and also anointing his feet with, with her tears and wiping his feet with her hair. And, and Simon, is, he's just like put out. And, and Jesus kind of knows the deal because he's kind of whispering apparently to the side, like, does Jesus know who this person is? And, and then Jesus kind of tells a story about this great debt that was forgiven. And he's like, well, what's the point of this? And he's like, <laughs> and basically the rub is, he's like, you don't even see the need for forgiveness in your life, Simon, but this woman, she knows she has been forgiven much. And this is now the source of her joy. She knows what salvation means to her. And she rejoices in it. So we just keep looking to that cross. We keep looking to the source of our salvation. And I invite you, I invite you, uh, I mean, truly to, to cultivate the joy of your salvation each and every day of your life. So that's the look back. We always look back at the salvation that comes to us through Jesus Christ. But then what do we do in the present? What do we do in the here and now? And the here and now we are invited to take joy that we are invited to abide in, to remain in, to have a union with Jesus Christ. And nothing can separate us from our union with Jesus Christ. No power in the world, above or below, heights or depths, nothing, nothing can separate us from this union, this joy that we have in Jesus Christ. I wanna read a couple verses from John uh, chapter 15. This is actually the passage that kind of kicked off this idea of the bear fruit series, because this is where Jesus talks about um, he is the vine and we are the branches and we abide in him. But I'm gonna do so in kind of a quick order here. Uh, oh, my, my bad, I got it on, on here. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So we have this idea, of course, that um, he's gonna cut off the dead things in life. He's even gonna prune things that are growing so there can be actually more fruit. I think that's a beautiful thing that Jesus wants us to bear fruit, a fruitful, joyful uh, life. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. Let me skip ahead to five. 
I'm the vine, you're the branches, if you, and here it is, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So the believer needs to have this understanding that it is our abiding, our union in Jesus Christ that sustains the life of the believer. And it results in this. Let me just skip to uh, 11 here. Uh, uh, I've told you this so that, and this is the part that gets missed, I think, a lot in the story of the vine, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus wants complete joy for us. Amen, friends? Jesus wants complete joy for us. Amen, friends? Amen. Yes, if you're not amening, do you have the joy of the Lord? I, here's, here, so here's the deal. Here, here's the thing. Um, early on in the, in the pandemic, when everything was going on Zoom calls, um, I remember I was in this one Zoom call with some folks from the church. Uh, I think we were doing one of our groups or Bible study, and Robin was on it, but so that we wouldn't get the feedback loops or anything. Uh, she was in another room on her computer, and then I was in a room with my computer. You know how that you, everybody's lived in that world for, for long enough now. But then I got my phone buzzed, and uh, I, I, just, I just looked at my phone, and it was a text from Robin, and, and all it said was R-B-F. Now, if you know what that stands for, I apologize. It, 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 I wish it stood for resting blessed face, but it does not stand for resting blessed face. It stands for a look that is anything but looking blessed, because in my life, I don't, I've been dealt this hand and I think I come by it honestly, because if you look back for generations of photos of sailor men, you would think they were living the most awful, God-forsaken, difficult, miserable lives. They took no joy in life, their marriage, their kids, anything. I mean, everyone just looks mean, ornery. You don't want to approach them. You don't want to talk. You don't, they are not. And God love her. My wife has been trying to nurture that out of me for now over 26 years, I regretfully recognize that for some reason my countenance, my disposition is not welcoming. And I think that's wrong. I don't think that's a good Christian disposition to have, <laughs> to be unapproachable, to look miserable. Again, don't push this too far. There are times of sorrow. There are times of grieving. There are times of hardship. There are times when we shed tears but to have the joy of the Lord actually change our countenance, actually change the look, the expression. Um, I look out here and I always look for friendly faces and there are always some friendly faces. Uh, and uh, I was going to talk about um, Rich, what, I, I will, because I, I got to talk about Rich because he's not here and now, now, he, now he can't be mad at me, so, <laughs> or he can only be mad at me in, in retrospect. I mean, if you want to find, I mean, if you know Rich, you know, therein is a face that just exudes the joy of the Lord. I mean, that guy had an accident about a year ago, and he had a fall, and he, and he actually knocked some teeth out, and he had some stitches, and he was cut up, and you still couldn't wipe the joy of the Lord off of his face. I mean, I thought it was the most, I'm like, you look like you have just been through a meat grinder, and yet you still have the joy of the Lord on your face. How do you, each and every one of us, if you would, and, and I know this might be convicting for some people right here and right now, if you are one of these people like me, just ask, just ask Rich to be your mentor. Be, just follow him, uh, meet with him, have coffee with him. That guy has the joy of the Lord. 
and you just want to be a part of it. We need to nurture that present, that abiding, that joy of the Lord that just welcomes us into his presence, that welcomes others into the presence of Jesus through us. That is what the woman in Luke 7 experienced. That is what we are invited to experience, this, this joy of the Lord. And you can do this. You can do it. Let me give you one sort of tangible thing before the next point, to nurture the abiding presence of the joy of the Lord. So yes, we look back at the cross, we look at the source of our salvation, what has been established for us, but then look at the present and just count your blessings. And you can just, I don't know, you can even go through, you can go through the al uh, alphabet. Um, I abide in Jesus Christ. I have the blessings of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God through the gift of my salvation. Give me another, you can start calling them out if you want. Uh, I, 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 have a bit, I have decided to follow Jesus and it gives me joy. I will exalt in my salvation as the Psalm just said. You, you, you just keep going. I am part of the family. Make, it, make some fun practices. Go through the alphabet. Uh, read through some Psalms that will invite you to experience deeper these blessings, these present blessings poured out to us in and through Jesus Christ. So, the Christian source of joy, we always have to keep looking back, and then we count our blessings and our union with Jesus Christ in, in the present. But we always, and this is where the this is this is the real rub now. This is this is what it comes down to. Whenever we do face trials, when we do face suffering, when we are dealing with hard things, whenever we are facing difficulties with our health, whenever we are going through a hard time in our marriage or with a child, uh, or at work, or with a loved one. Whenever we face these difficult things, that's whenever we have something. Oh, and we can't lose this. When we have our future hope, the joy that is coming to us. An incredible story that, that, that illustrates this, that I, that I love. It was a little bit later in Luke then in chapter 10. Jesus sends out the 72 disciples. And so this is an interesting story. So he's kind of, he, he's been discipling people. He's been growing them, nurturing them along ministry. They've been doing ministry. Uh, they've been watching him do ministry, then doing ministry with him. And now he's getting them ready to go out and do some ministry. And he sends them out with a blessing. And he tells them, you know, go to a house. And if they welcome you, just live there, eat there, preach the gospel there, be blessed there. Uh, if they don't, walk away, go on to the next place, find places that receive the new good news of the kingdom of heaven, all this stuff, and they go out and they have this great success and they come back and, and it's just so interesting. It's so interesting because, I mean, they are just pumped up. They're jazzed up. They're like, we are doing ministry and it is bearing fruit. And I'm like, give me some more of that. Yes, we want that. And, and Jesus isn't being, and I say this intentionally, like a killjoy in this situation, but he kind of like taps the brakes. He's like, wait, 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 wait. And what he doesn't say and what he could say, of course, is it's great right now, but there's going to be seasons when it's not going to be so great. In fact, he could have said to every one of the 12 disciples, you will all die for the faith at another point. And you're not going to be so jazzed about ministry that it's not, it's not going to appear to be going so incredibly then. There will be hardships. There will be struggles. There will be trials. So here, here is what I want you to never forget to take your joy in. And then he literally says there in uh, uh, 10 uh, verse 20, he says, rejoice. Not in the fact that, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all these wonderful things in ministry. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Because that's what's going to bring you through those hard times. 
that's going to bring you through that suffering, that persecution, those setbacks, those difficulties. That's what's going to sustain you when the world is going to look upon you and say, who are these people? And, they're gonna, and you're just going to be able to say, we are people who rejoice that our names are written in heaven. Because that's what we have as followers of Christ. We have a past that secures our salvation in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. We have the promise of abiding in Jesus Christ, the true vine, and living a life that bears fruit, that brings honor and glory to him and blessing to our neighbors. And we have a future hope that can get us through, literally, it's to get us through anything and everything the world might ever throw at you. And as I look around, and I know the stories of so many gathered in this space, I certainly recognize that the world has thrown a lot at you. And we could just kind of go through chair by chair, person by person, and you could talk about those hard things that you've gone through, those things that have kind of kicked the joy out of your life. But I want to tell you, pastorally, compassionately, lovingly, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope that your name, though, through Jesus Christ, is still written in heaven. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. And I'll cry with you. We'll walk with you. Hold hands. But don't lose that joy that comes from the blessing that awaits us in the return of Jesus Christ. That our names are written in heaven. Let me get the band up here and they're going to get ready to take us out. But as they get ready to take us out, um, I love, I, I looked at the set that they were putting together this week and I saw that second song that we are singing that talks about, anybody remember the second song? Just, I just want to see who's present, engaged, and you're engaging with this. The, the heart of that second song was, the joy of the Lord is my, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Anybody know where that comes from? All right, you're going to learn at least one thing today. So I always like to make sure you learn at least one thing on your way out of worship. I thought, when I first read that, I was like, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I was like, is that Psalm 42? And that was the Lord is my strength and my refuge. And we do take joy in the Lord, but it was like the Lord. It's actually from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 is a, is a great verse. It's actually been a verse that I've loved a long time. It says this, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. That's a great verse right there. I mean, you want some joy? Go and enjoy some great food, some sweet drinks. Amen, friends? If you have plans for a great meal later today, the Lord is in it. The Lord is with you. Enjoy that cookout. Enjoy that barbecue. Enjoy whatever it is. Amen, friends? Amen. Amen. Good food. And send some to people who have nothing prepared. Take care of the people around you. Share in the abundance. Share in the blessing. That's an awesome verse. I mean, that's like a life verse right there. I mean, right there. If you're looking for a life verse, take it, name it, claim it. It's yours. Nehemiah 8.10. Because it doesn't stop there. Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Send some to those who have nothing prepared. And then it ends with this. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There it is. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is the joy of the Lord that strengthens us through anything and everything that this world throws at us. It is the joy of the Lord that will sustain you through the dark valleys. It is the joy of the Lord that will be with you when you stand in the valley of the shadow of death. It is the joy of the Lord that will give us your strength. And we are invited to be strong in that joy. 
to be powerful in that joy. Amen, friends? We have a joy that comes from the strength of the Lord because our Lord, amen, friends, our Lord is strong. Our Lord is mighty. Our Lord is risen, reigning, and returning. Our Lord, the strength of our Lord, that nothing can defeat him, that he will prevail over the gates of hell, that his church will prevail over the gates of hell. The strength of the Lord, the strength of the Lord. This is our source of joy. So friends, let me say a prayer asking for the joy of the Lord to be my strength, your strength, the strength of our church. All right, friends? And then let's worship a little bit more here. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us enough to send your Son, Jesus Christ, as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And